ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. Oh my goddess, I am so excited. I just announced my next goddess retreat at the Versace Mansion is coming up in August 2019. I am like beyond because the Versace Mansion is just so glorious with all of the goddess fountains and tiles that were flown in, that Versace flew in from Europe and the Mediterranean. And just the retreat is so connecting and as sisters, it's just incredible. But I have to tell you that I've had several women say to me, I don't really love the word goddess. Why do you use that? And I totally get it because there was a time not too long ago, the first time I heard that word or someone called me that word. And to be honest, my inside kind of went, ooh, I want to be a goddess. But my outside didn't really feel like that. Right. I felt like, oh, I'm like five or 10 pounds overweight and oh, I don't feel very good. And I feel kind of like a loser in a few areas of my life and I didn't feel very goddess like. And the fact is that there are three or four main factors that keep us from claiming our true goddess nature. So this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about the fact that every woman is a goddess. We're going to dive a little bit into that. And go really deep into what is holding you back from claiming your right, from claiming the truth that you already are a goddess. Because a goddess is a woman who is adored. And each of us is worthy of being adored and admired and cherished. And it begins, of course, with adoring and admiring and cherishing ourselves. So that is what today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about. And I cannot Wait, and you are going to want to stay tuned until the end because I have Purpose Power Tips for you and an incredible invitation coming up for my Purpose Girls out there. But first, of course, I want to read the review of the week. This one is coming from Anna McKay in the United States. She says, feeling inspired. Love, love, love this podcast. I just started listening today and I'm already six episodes in. Oh, I love binge listening. Thank you. Start from the beginning and you'll fall in love with it too, Anna says. So thank you, Anna. You seriously have made my day and all of you leaving reviews, just you have no idea what it means to me because each of you leaving a review tells me that me living my purpose, right? You all know I survived being robbed at gunpoint and miscarriages and so much. And when you leave a review and you let me know that what I'm doing matters to you, I know that all of my life, everything I've been through has been worth it. Also, please pause. If you have not yet left a review, please pause the podcast for literally 60 seconds. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listener and just leave one sentence of a review and a five-star review. It would mean so much to me because when you leave reviews, that is how women all over the world are finding us and we're growing our Purpose Girls community. So, okay, let's get back into goddessing. 
this will be my fourth year doing this particular goddess retreat at the Versace mansion. And the first time that it was announced, some people were like, I don't really love that word. It doesn't really feel very good. Like some people said to me, it sounds kind of cheesy. Some people thought it sounded kind of like tween, you know, that that's something that like maybe 15 year olds say to each other. And some women just said, I just don't feel like a goddess. I feel gross or I feel fat. I feel too much. I feel not enough. The whole range. And I totally get that. I totally, totally get that. So interestingly, my girlfriends and I, my really close friends, I either call them goddess or I call them sister. So I text. I have a group of, you know, three other goddesses, three other sisters, soul sisters, that each of us is an entrepreneur in women's health in some way. And we're in a mastermind together. And I start most of my texts to them and they start most of their texts to me and to each other with goddess or goddesses, comma, sisters, dot, dot, dot. And the reason, right, the reason that we call each other that is to remind each other of who we are at our core nature. In fact, I'm taken off for New York in just a few hours here because I'm going to a women's program with my mentor and there will be 900 women there and we're going to call each other goddess. And I know that as I say this, this might, again, some of you might go squirming, feeling like this is cheesy or, you know, just not loving. And some of you are like, yes, I want to be a goddess. I actually think that deep down, deep, deep, deep down, we all crave feeling like a goddess. Deep down, you might not be in touch with it. So just bear with me for a moment. But the truth is that when we look up the dictionary definition of goddess, and I did an episode on what it means to be a goddess about a year ago. And so I think you can go back episodes 15 or 16. And I covered this in depth. But just as a reminder, if you haven't heard that episode, you know, the dictionary definition of being a goddess, a woman who is adored, a woman who is admired, especially for her beauty. And some of you might be like, well, I I don't feel very beautiful. In fact, I feel ugly or I fill in the blank. And I totally get that. I totally get that because there are messages everywhere in our society telling us that our hair color is wrong, right? You're not supposed to have any whites, any grays. You're not supposed to age. You're, you know, your natural aging of wrinkles are bad or wrong. There are commercials everywhere telling us that the color of our lips needs to be changed, that our eyes need mascara or need, right, all these things to feel beautiful. Or I should say to look beautiful, that you need to be a certain weight. You can't be too thin and you can't be too heavy, like whatever it might be. So we receive these messages from the time that we are little girls. I saw this amazing quote on Instagram just this week. A friend of mine posted, it said, we tell girls that they can be anything that they want to be. President of the United States or whatever your country is, right? President, CEO, the person who saves, you know, uh, healthcare for a particular group of people, right? You can be and do anything you want. But then we tell her that her worth ultimately is in her looks. When I read that, I, my heart just sank because I knew, I knew deep down that that is indeed what we tell our little girls. It is indeed what we hear because 
we do tell them, you can be anything, you can do anything. And even though you might not say to your daughter or niece or your friend's daughters that they have to look a certain way, of course not. You tell them that they are beautiful and perfect as is and everything about them is wonderful, of course. And the majority of marketing messages out there, the majority of messages in the media do tell girls that in order to be loved, in order to be adored, in order to be admired, in order to feel like a goddess, you must look a certain way. And if you don't, then there is something wrong with you. And that, that is the fundamental issue of what is keeping us from claiming our goddess right. Now, fortunately, we're all adults here, right? So this is not about blame. This is not about saying, well, it's the media's fault and, you know, or it's my parents' fault or it's my mom's fault. And there are lots of those stories. I mean, the stories I hear are so heartbreaking. My own story, you know, I have actually had a pretty good body image my whole life, but I did grow up in a family that focused a lot on being thin, that this was like the gold standard, right? We are supposed to be thin people. And I got that message very clear in a million ways. And fortunately, it didn't lead to an eating disorder or anything like that for me. But it did lead that, let's say I gain five or 10 pounds. I look down and go, oh, and I've got to really work with it, right? All the way to a client of mine whose mom took her to Weight Watchers when she was eight. Eight, the sweet little girl. Eight. And I look at her body now and she's gorgeous. Right? I don't see anything wrong with her body. It's just that she doesn't have the Vogue model body because who does, you know? And I, the women who do, bless you. Yes, go for it, woman. So it's not shaming someone who has that body either. It's saying everybody, every woman is beautiful and worthy of adoration. So there are a lot of stories of shame. A friend of mine who was told, right, she couldn't have the cookies, but her brother could. I know that those stories, and what did that make her want to do? Just eat more cookies. And so I get it. I get it. I get the pain and the heartache of feeling like a goddess. And I also get, even if it doesn't have to do with your body, even though, you know, it's interesting, the dictionary definition includes with the word beauty, being a woman who's admired or adored, especially for her beauty. And I say a woman's beauty has very little to do with what's on the outside. Very little. Because I know women who are stunningly gorgeous, attract lovers like you wouldn't believe, and are a size that society says is all wrong, right? A size that other women who are that same size think that they are not attractive to men or to lovers because of it. But you all know, I, I know several women who just, mm, thinking of one woman who is so voluptuous, so deliciously curvy. Her breasts are like, oh my gosh, I just want to put my head in them. They're so yummy, right? And I have seen her wear sexy satin lingerie that's tight and that woman can rock it. And I'm telling you, she can pick up anybody. Because it's not about what society has said the outside of her body is supposed to look like. She knows it's about how she feels and how she sparkles from the inside. She knows that it's about she feels like a goddess. Now, let's talk about this goddess thing 
for a moment. So I love the word goddess because when we think about what it means to be a goddess, right, being adored or admired, especially for your beauty, which we all know is that inner beauty. I mean, each one of us has a unique beauty, right? For, for you, it might be that your smile just lights up a room and people tell you that, or you just, you look in the mirror, you kind of like a little bit know it, or for you, it might be your hair. I have a friend who has the most glorious, gorgeous hair. And like, that is like what she comes back to all the time. Her hair is just so gorgeous. You just want to like eat it. It's like honey, right? Or for another woman, it might be her heart and saving all of the stray cats in the world. Like, how beautiful is that? I admire and adore. I have one client, she discovered her purpose was indeed that. And then she went on and partnered with a shelter and she has run monthly adoption events in her community and adopted out so many cats that otherwise probably would have died or not had a chance at life, would have been ill. And she is so stunningly gorgeous. Every time I look at her, she glows from living her purpose. And this is a woman, she doesn't wear makeup. She's very earthy. She loves mountains. She loves being outdoors. This woman is gorgeous. Right? And so no matter what choice we make to wear makeup, not wear makeup, it is about that inner self. So for you, is it hair? Is it your smile? Is it your purpose of saving all the cats? Is it that you're the person who genuinely is interested in being kind to everyone you meet and you genuinely love starting conversations with people? Is it your brilliant mind and that you, when you see a problem, you can solve it like no one's business and you just love helping people solve their problems and you're just so good at thinking analytically and that is just so hot. That is goddess-like. And so We need to understand that when we call each other goddess, what we're saying is, I see your true beauty. I see you in the highest form of yourself. I see how glorious you are. And I honor that. I honor that. And this is what we need to do as women with each other. We need to see each other in our highest light. That is not how we were trained, right? We were trained to take other women down. We were trained to pick other girls apart. I remember when my niece was in first grade. Oh my God, my heart just hurts thinking about this. She came home crying and I was over, but the girls were picking on her for wearing Old Navy. She was six. And she was in, in, in horrible tears. And I remember the next, for the next couple of family get-togethers, while we were all connecting and laughing and talking, this sweet little girl, this sweet little niece of mine would just be laying on the ground. It was like she was depressed already at six or seven, whatever age that is. That just broke my heart. Right? So the girls were cutting her down for wearing a brand that maybe they didn't care for or love or whoever taught them that. And I freaking love Old Navy, whatever, right? I love whatever you choose. But this is kind of what we're taught. And there is something biological to taking other women down. There's a kind of primal, who's going to get the man, who's going to get the best seed for their baby, right? There's like a primal competition. But it's beginning younger and younger 
And what it means is that we grow up not realizing what a goddess we are, not realizing the full, our full worth, not realizing how worthy we are of adoration, admiration, being cherished, being worshipped. Now, I want you to dig deep into yourself and ask yourself, truly, would you love, would you love to be adored? Would you love to be cherished? Cherished and adored for who you are, for your true self, for your essence, for your strengths, for your talents, for all that there is about you, not just the outside, both and would you love to be worshipped a little bit? Because I'm telling you, girlfriend, it actually feels quite good to be worshipped a little bit. Now, again, your brain, right? We have like our insides, which is like our juice, which is our heart, soul, and what honestly comes from your pussy, yoni, whatever you want to call it, right? Coming from that sacred part of us that gives birth to other humans or can, right? So this sacred part of us that our pussies have eight thousand nerve endings in just the clitoris. We have as much erectile tissue as a man. And so this is a pleasure zone. And our insides tell us, oh, I would love to be worshipped. Like, can you just imagine if you were, you know, a, a partner, imagine the most delicious partner possible, a he or a she or a them, whomever, greeted you at the door and their lights were out and candles were just lining up the stairs. And there were rose petals just as you walked into the door, rose petals in front of you and rose petals like a trail going up to the upstairs and into the bathroom. And then there were candles everywhere in the bathroom. And there was a bubble bath, a warm bubble bath with lavender scent waiting for you. Maybe a glass of wine or a cup of tea. And it smelled. The aromas were glorious. And someone just gently disrobed you and put you into the bath and then took the little, you know, spongy thing, the yummy, whatever that's called, and just gently, gently loved all over your skin, your fingers, your toes, your forearms, your neck, without asking for anything in return, right? There, you don't have to then do anything for them. They just adored you and worshipped you. When I talk about being a goddess, that's what I'm talking about. And that's what every woman is worthy of. And that's actually an experience that I had recently that Josh did for me, and it felt so good. Now, an old me would have thought, oh, what do I have to do back for him? But I'm like, no, he just wants to adore me. And because he just wants to adore me, then at some other point, I want to do that for him, and I have. But there are things that get in the way of us feeling like we are worthy of such worship, worthy of such adoration. And I want to get into those things. One of the things that gets in the way is our horrendous, horrible, heartbreaking self-doubt. Just about every woman I know has some sort of self-doubt so pause for a moment and ask yourself, how does it show up for you? How does self-doubt show up for you? Do you doubt your worth, which might look like you don't go for the raise, might look like you allowing other people, whether those are potential lovers or those are friends or those are people in your family to speak to you and treat you in a way that you know 
is wrong in a way that just feels bad? Does doubt show up for you every time you look in the mirror and you're focusing on your wrinkles or your blemishes or how one eye is smaller than the other or something? Or that you've got nose hairs. I've got nose hairs too, so we're good, okay? (laughs) How does doubt show up for you? Because if we think about doubt, doubt means that we believe that there is some aspect of us that is not good enough or not worthy of what it is that we desire. And each woman I know, I mean, I think just about everyone I know has, or at least has had, right? They maybe have done the work, some aspect of self-doubt, feeling not good enough. And this can show up. One of my clients was so sunshiny She was so unicorn-like and so like happy and always wanted to see the bright side and balloons and like everything was like like a party every day. And she was told she was too much, right? Like tone it down. And so she, it it doesn't just, it can go, it can look in all these directions. And then you start doubting, is my truth, is who I am okay in this universe? Is who I am okay in this universe? And researchers have actually found that we have multiple, there's like multiple versions of ourself, right? This is not schizophrenia. That's a different thing. But as simple as there is your true self, right? The unicorn, rainbow, you know, for this particular amazing woman. And then there is her, that's her true self. Then there is the actual self that she puts out, or she used to until we met, (laughs) that she put out in front of other people because she learned that if she showed her unicorn self, then she wasn't loved. And what we want is to be able, anytime you have doubt, chances are it's because some aspect of your true self at some point, someone, somewhere, or society told you that there was something wrong with you and your truth. And I want to shift that in this moment. I want you to go back to that little girl, or maybe it was your 20-year-old self who was rejected by a love, who told you that nose hairs are bad or something, whatever it might be. I mean, it was someone who violated your boundaries, who, who sexually or physically violated you, and you learned to just doubt that you were worthy of love. Or maybe you had a parent leave you, and then you feel like you're not worthy of someone sticking around. I want you to go back to that younger self because remember, we are every age we have ever been goddess. And I want you to look at a picture of her. I want you to bring her onto your lap. I want you to love her and hug her, lean into her and tell her, I love you as is. Tell her, I see you and I adore you. I admire you as is. And I know that you are a goddess. And that you are going to find the people who want you exactly you forevermore. Because people won't treat us in a certain way unless we allow it to happen. And this is what it means to step into our goddess self, our goddess self. I used to have a thing with other women. Frankly, it started when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade seventh grade and my, you know, friends would turn on me and, and dump me. And, you know, so I really grew up kind of not trusting other women. And I found that around a particular kind of woman who 
seemed like represented for me the old popular girls in seventh grade, right? The cool girls. I'm making air quotes with my fingers. When I was around women like that, I would shrink. I wouldn't speak up. My brain would go back to seventh grade and say, how do they want me to be? Should I say that? Should I say that? And, and here I was. I mean, I was doing this in my 30s and early 40s. Like, th this is just, it was so ingrained. My seventh grade self was trying to protect me so hard to stay in with the popular girls, quote unquote, right? And so I would transfer that idea of the popular girl onto some different women that I met, maybe because one of them looked like a girl from seventh grade or maybe because they, they had a particular mannerism, whatever it might be. And then the more I've done my own personal work and stepped into this idea that every woman is glorious, including me. And I don't need to doubt myself around these women. I need to be myself. And if a woman is, if we jive and we connect and we're meant to be friends, then great. And if not, okay, too. Right. It's like a different level of acceptance. It's not saying I need everybody to love me. And this has been a huge journey of mine. Like I've I've worked with professionals on it, coaches and 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 done a lot of personal work around it. And a huge thing for me has actually being has been to be in so many sisterhoods. Right. The the first time I went on a woman's retreat was the first time I actually uh, exhaled because I was around. I think at that time I was around 15 other women all different ages, all different you know, races, all different looks, all everything. And there was a quote unquote popular girl there, meaning someone who reminded me of someone from seventh grade, right? And it showed me, oh, I can, I can be loved as is right here. I can be loved in my tears and fears. I can be loved when I am screaming my desires. I can be loved when I dance. I can be loved when I'm whole. I can be loved in my darkness and my light. And that's why I continue to go on women's retreats because they remind me that I am a goddess. I go on them and then I hold them for other people, right? So anytime I'm in sisterhood with other women, that has been a huge healing for me, huge healing to release any doubt. I'm not saying that there's not some lingering there. Of course there is. There might be until I'm 80 or 90. I mean, I hope not. But I now know how to work with it. And every time I'm in sisterhood, every time I'm with a group of women who we do exercises like at this goddess retreat coming up at the Versace mansion. One of the exercises I do is called a circle of love. And it is when we reflect in each other woman. I don't want to give away too much for those of you who are going to come. We reflect for each other who we actually are. So there is this incredible, incredible juicy gift that happens when we're in that sisterhood. We release the self-doubt and we acknowledge, we see our worthiness. The second thing that I see keeps us from claiming and our true goddess self and living in that place where we know we are worthy of the adoration and being cherished is this idea that we have to be perfect. And then we beat ourselves up for every way that we're not. And of course, this is very related to self-doubt, right? They're all like these things are mixed. But someone somewhere maybe told you that you had to be absolutely perfect. Or else you wouldn't be loved. I was speaking to a client just yesterday who grew up with a parent who said, you have to be, you know, get all A's. You have to be on time. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have, your bed has to be made a certain way, right? And, and it was actually a military parent. And so, you know, no blame. We're too old for that. We're too wise for that, I should say. 
This is what we call radical self-responsibility, not self-blame, but saying, you know, I'm not a victim, not a victim to a parent or the media or society that made me feel anything less than being a goddess. I take full responsibility for my own life and my own feelings and for how I create. No more victim. I am a creator, right? That's like, oh, that's being a goddess, being a creator. So when you have in any way been told that you have to be perfect, what that means is it leads to a lot of shame, right? So Brene Brown, who is the key top researcher on shame and vulnerability, she says, you know, guilt is saying I did something that was wrong, right? Like maybe you hurt a friend and you, you feel badly about the action and you feel guilty about it. You know, you didn't go to her party and you want to apologize to her. Okay, guilt. Shame is I am bad. I suck. I'm a horrible person, right? And I will tell you that my brain has been a victim to shame, has been jailed to shame for more years than I even care to think about for decades. And it has been an, a huge, right? I had all that shame because I so much wanted everyone else to see me as perfect, as having it all together, as being the all A's, right? I, I made sure I got all, a, all A's. When I went to college and I took a class that I thought I was going to get a C in, I dropped out because I was terrified. I would have felt so ashamed if I'd gotten anything less than an A. And certainly a C was like death. So this perfection, perfection, and how it then leads us to beat ourselves up for any little thing, ruminating, right, going over and over and over happened, what you did wrong, what you should have done differently, what you should have said in the meeting. We beat ourselves up. Someone I know recently recorded themselves beating themselves up and saying all the things to themselves that they usually say, oh, it just makes me want to cry just telling the story. The things that they usually say just in their own head automatically, right? They don't even think about saying all these cruel things to themselves. They just say it. And they said it out loud into a recording and then they listened and she went, whoa. Okay, I, she said, I'm committed now. Like she now could really hear it. And so the reason, researchers show that the reason that we beat ourselves up, right? So research by Kristen Neff, who's the top researcher on self-compassion, she finds that we're, we beat ourselves up, we're critical because we think it's going to make us better, quote unquote, better in the future. And what it actually does is make us not only feel worse, but perform worse. Because if someone is just telling you that you're a slob, that you're gross, that you're awful, that you're a terrible human being, you aren't in a place where you then want to go out and be your best self, now, that doesn't mean we don't ever make mistakes. Of course, we want to be able to look at our mistakes and say, huh, okay, I made a mistake there. I, I feel crappy about it. Oh, I wish I had done it differently. So what would I do differently in the future? Right? Rather than why, why, why? We want to go to what can I do about it? Again, no more victim, creator. No more pauper, goddess. This is stepping into your true goddess nature. And it's not just saying, oh, my poop doesn't stink. No, of course not. It's being able to say, we're humans. We're fallible. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt people's feelings and not mean it. We're going to fail at projects that we start. That is going to happen. It happens to me all the time. And 
I am still a goddess. I'm still worthy of adoration for trying, for putting it out there, for going for it, or for apologizing. And that it is my heart, my true nature, my essence, my soul that is worthy. And again, this is why I love being around other women, because the minute one woman goes, oh, I feel like I have to be perfect. I, I, I was, you know, at a woman, I was leading a woman's retreat. And one woman said that I feel like I just have to be perfect. I could, the whole room went, oh, like, oh, thank God. Me too. You know, like it, it was like permission that we don't have to be. And then it's, well, what is special about you? Right? Because so this is the thing as we think about this perfection thing, like perfection, according to what, according to some societal checklist of what perfect is supposed to be, as opposed to you being your own perfect nature exactly as you. This is an amazing thing about goddesses. So if we actually look at like Greek goddesses or Hindu goddesses or goddesses in any tradition, Celtic goddesses, each goddess had or has a particular gift Right. Aphrodite is the goddess of love, fertility. And so she was worshipped to bring love into your life or to bring fertility. Someone might worship to her and say, please, you know, fill my womb. I, let me feel love. Let me feel beauty. Or we could look at Athena. Athens, Greece is named after this amazing woman, goddess, warrior. Athena is the goddess of war. She's the goddess. She's a warrior. She's like the fierce goddess. And everybody would pray to her when they wanted to, you know, the, the nation in Greece and Athens to succeed in war. Everyone would pray to her because that was her gift as a warrior. And each woman, right, as whole women, we each have a bit of this of each of these goddesses in us. So there is a there's an Aphrodite in you, a goddess of love, who's your sensuality and who maybe loves that bubble bath or loves satin sheets or loves certain music or, you know, lo- loves a little romance. Like that's your Aphrodite. And also inside of you is this Athena, the warrior, right? Stand up for the for your people. One of my clients was just telling me uh, how so there's a situation going on with her teenage son. And she said, no one. No one is coming near my son. No one, right? So she's like mama bear protecting. That's Athena. And we all have that warrior in us. So an aspect of being the goddess is what are you the goddess of? What are your special, magical, juicy yumminess? What's your special gift? And gifts, and you might not know 100%. That's okay. This is where purpose comes in. This is what I love to do is to really help a woman, you know, excavate, discover, go deep into her true gifts, into your true gifts. So that you are the goddess of. I held a retreat in Greece last year, and the last exercise we did after being together for five days in gorgeous Mykonos, which is one of the Greek isles, and we had a pool, and we went skinny dipping, and we also did deep exercises and ate incredible meals and had a personal chef come to our villa. I mean, the whole thing was extraordinary, and it was deep, and we cried, and we hugged, and we shared fears, and we, you know, witnessed each other in the circle of love of who each other really, I mean, it was glorious. And these women came from all over the world and, by the way, still text each other 
constantly, right? It's been more than six months. And that's what I love about being in circle, going on retreat with women is that we, you, you create a sisterhood that will be there and witness you and support you and cheerlead you and hold you for the rest of your life. It's incredible. So as we were in Greece, the last exercise we did was each woman claiming, I am the goddess of and it was like, we did this particular exercise in this particular way that I, I kind of arranged it. And each woman would go up these steps and stand on top of the steps and said, I am the goddess of. And she found her true essence. It was so freaking glorious. And I'll tell you, one of them afterwards, in fact, they all have gone home to make incredible changes. One of them, just to share um, from her, she came home and she became so clear about her who she is the goddess of, and her purpose, that she started volunteering for an organization that really speaks to her in, here in, in where she lives in, in the United States. And she's become like a poster child for them. And now she, she lobbies in her state legislature on behalf of this organization. And then they just approached her to possibly work for them. And she's being quoted now in national news. Cosmopolitan Magazine followed up with her a story about her because she's being the goddess she was born to be. She's putting her true essence out. She is owning that she is worthy of her voice. She has a controversial voice, but she is out there actually fighting for reproductive rights in the United States. And she lives in, in a, the state of Alabama, which is a state that just took away, just voted to take away reproductive rights for women. And she is out there because she's being a goddess and knows that she's worthy of it. And she's receiving hate mail and hate notes on Facebook. And then I put on my Athena, my goddess warrior, and I, you know, try to post back to these people and, you know, to, to honor her. You don't have to agree to her, with her, but honor her for speaking her truth. So this is us, right? This is our, our potential. Yeah, it's scary sometimes to be the goddess and to speak our truth and live our purpose. I get it. That's why perfectionism and beating yourself up, we, we cre- your, your fear brain, your reptilian fear brain created that perfectionism, created that beat yourself up mechanism in order to keep you from putting out your truth because maybe somebody would be upset with you. Maybe somebody wouldn't like you for it. But all that does, when you, do, when you, when you listen to the fear, it just keeps you small, makes you feel unworthy, makes you feel depressed or stuck, and all of the above. And that's why we don't step into our goddess self, right? Because of self-doubt, because of perfectionism, because of beating ourselves up. These are the aspects, these are the fears that keep us from standing in our true nature. And our true nature is to be goddess. Goddess means a woman who is adored for her true beauty. And your beauty for this woman, uh, yeah, she's beautiful on the outside. Every woman I, I, every woman I see is beautiful on the outside. But this woman, for sure, beautiful on the outside. She actually was a former uh, pageant girl when she was younger. Her true beauty, she is shining. She is glowing. She's making way more uh, impact and way more, receiving way more adoration when her true beauty, her true purpose is coming out as goddess. So this is the opportunity for all of us. 
this is the opportunity for all of us. And this is why I'm so excited about my goddess retreat coming up. It's called Goddess Girls. It's in Miami, Florida. It's coming up in August. And I will tell you what has happened in this retreat. It, it's, it's a weekend that will change your life. And what has happened, uh, a couple of years ago, a woman came on this retreat and was feeling rocky in her marriage and felt bad about her body. She'd gained a lot of weight. And one weekend, this one weekend of this goddess retreat at the Versace mansion with me, one weekend led to her over the next few months losing 40 pounds, reconnecting with her husband and shifting her entire life. One weekend. The same weekend, about a year later, I think, a woman came and she just looked kind of grayed out. She was wearing a sweater. We were in Miami, Florida. She was wearing a sweater. She was so burnt out, exhausted from losing a loved one in her family, as well as hating her job, just feeling so drained from it. And being able to release that and be held in her fears and in her trauma and being held and loved and then being seen and the other women really seeing her true beauty and her glory. She left that job, right? This is one weekend. <laughs> Afterwards, she left that job, went on to something else and started like wearing these like glorious goddess dresses and showed up the next year at the goddess retreat in this like flowy, beautiful, she was shining from the inside. It was like a, it was like a total transformation. So one weekend in a glorious place with women who see you and support you and with coaching to get so clear on your own goddess nature makes huge transformation. I mean, another woman came to this retreat and ended up, a dream of hers was to buy an, an RV and, and travel around the United States. And after this retreat, she did. So one weekend really can change your life. And it's why I love going on retreats. It's why I'm leaving for New York in a few hours to go and do, do a, a retreat with my mentor. And it's why I hold them. And so I would love, love, love any, all of you out there to join me at this goddess retreat at the Versace Mansion. I'm telling you, it is such a privilege to be able to be there. And I owe all that, that relationship to my husband. He's just built an incredible relationship with them that allows us to use this glorious space for each of you to feel like a goddess. And so you're going to want to go to purposegirl.com and go under the retreats tab and you can learn about the goddess girls retreat there, or you could go straight to goddessgirlsretreat.com. And of course, if you have any questions, you have questions about payment plans, you have questions about how to make it work, you have questions about any of that, please reach out, reach out to me. Like a couple of you, sometimes when you reach out to me, you're surprised that I answer my own phone. I do, right? I don't have a huge operation here. <laughs> it's like just a couple of us on Team Purpose Girl. So please reach out. I would love to support you in really owning your full, glorious, gorgeous, beautiful, purposeful goddess self. So let's close with a couple of purpose power tips. Number one, identify what is holding you back from feeling like the goddess. Is it self-doubt? Is it perfectionism? Is it beating yourself up? And if you say it's my husband or it's my mom or it's, right? Again, we want to take radical self-responsibility. We want to shift from victim to creator. That's being goddess, victim to goddess, really. And the way we do that is we say... Yeah, mom really set me up for a shit self-image. Or yeah, my husband is not treating me the way I want to be treated. And the self-responsibility I'm going to take is I'm going to say, even though that is 
how my husband treats me. I'm going to treat myself as the goddess. I'm going to give that kind of bath to myself. I'm going to be clear about how I want him to communicate and treat me. Even if he doesn't like it or doesn't want to, then maybe there's a different decision there, which I know is scary. But this is what I mean about radical self-responsibility. You treat yourself this way. So number one, purpose power tip number one, I want you to identify what is holding you back, what is keeping you from really feeling like the goddess that you are, really seeing her in you. Number two is this radical self-responsibility. What would make you feel so adored? Is it the scenario I gave of the candles and the rose petals? Is it that you would go to a lingerie store and you would do, you know, put on something beautiful and sexy? Is it that you would have a couple of men or women say adoring things to you? Like what would make you feel so adored? And then I want you to do that to yourself. Even if what would make you feel adored is someone else saying something to you, chances are that means you need to be saying that a lot more to yourself. That you get in the bath and, you know, I've told you all this before, that you actually gently touch your toes and say, I love you toes, you're just so adorable. And then you gently touch your heel and, oh, I love you heel, you're so wonderful. And then you, you know, gently caress your calves and you, oh, calves, thank you for helping me walk. And you might, your knees and you really adore yourself and you just look in the mirror into your eyes. You say, oh, I just love you so much. I adore you. You're so sweet. You're so wonderful. And even if you have to fake it a little bit at first, right? The whole thing, oh, we shouldn't fake it, is like, again, it's fear brain just trying to stop you. And so we do want to say it with feeling. Like you would say, when you look in the mirror, you're in the bath. Imagine your eight-year-old self or 15-year-old self. What would you want to say to her? And then speak to yourself that way. Right. So purpose power tip number one is identify. What's the issue getting in your way of feeling like the goddess that you are? Purpose power tip number two is radical self-responsibility. And purpose power tip number three is that you get yourself into some sort of sisterhood that holds you and sees you as the goddess and continues to hold you up and remind you of your true beauty. And whether that is coming on one of my retreats, I've got a retreat coming up in Glastonbury, England, which is the home of the priestess and the feminine. And we're going to be drumming and dancing on the most sacred feminine sites on earth. Or you come with me to the Versace mansion and feel your glory as a goddess, or you go on someone else's retreats, or you find a local group of women that can be your sisters, not just to get together and talk about a book and not just to get together, which is wonderful, not just to get together and, you know, gab about your husbands or wives or kids. None of that, even though that can be great too. I mean, a sisterhood that is holding you up, that is worshiping you and you worship them right back. That is your purpose power tip number three. Every woman must have a sisterhood like that, if not multiple sisterhoods like that. And so with that, my invitation to you is to join me. I hope many of you are going to join me in Miami and email me. And my invitation that I promised you at the beginning is, you know, if you have not yet joined my newsletter list, that is where you get kind of first access to knowing exactly what retreats I'm doing and being kind of first come and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you're going over to purposegirl.com and signing up to get your free living on purpose guide. And that will put you onto my newsletter where every week I send out tips and, you know, events and different things, webinars or things I'm doing. 
And of course, to join our Purpose Girls Facebook group, it is totally free. And I just started doing every other week, I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live. So you can catch the recording on that. And we're building a community of women who are changing the world one woman at a time. And I invite you to invite the women in your life to this, to this community, to this movement, right? This is a movement. And so share this with your sisters, share it with your friends, share it, make instead of a book club, make it a purpose girl club. And I say that not from an ego place, but like each week you all could be discussing this content and it's so important for all of us, right? As women. So share it, share it with the women that you work with, share it with your mom, share it with your daughters. This is so important because that's how we change the world one woman at a time. It starts with each of us taking this radical self-responsibility and then sharing it in loving sisterhood. You can find me on Instagram at Karen Rockhine, on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockhine, or of course in the Purpose Girls, the Women's Happiness Network. Uh, just do a search for it. You can find it. And as always, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving the reviews. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. And please share it on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. It helps so much for more women to find us and join this community because together we're making sure that every woman stands in her goddess power. Because I'm telling you, your world is going to change when you feel like a goddess. Because you're going to just, oh, that's how we radiate. And then we start attracting things to our life instead of having to fight so hard for it. So we're on this mission for every woman to feel like a goddess. So thank you. Thank you for listening. I love you so much. We're changing the world one woman at a time. May you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. Bye for now.